Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to step into your power, find alignment, and create a life that you love using holistic methods, interviews with industry leaders, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host and health and wellness bestie, Amanda Chills, and I'm so proud of you for choosing to step into the root of your power. Hello and welcome to our episode of your Root of Power podcast today and YouTube video. We are going to be talking about why you're not suicidal. What you actually are is miserable and bad at problem solving. So stick with me while I explain that because I know that can be invalidating. I don't mean to say that you don't want to die or that you don't feel like that's your best option right now. What I mean is you're so overwhelmed and so upset and so hopeless that your brain can't think of a better option, which is not true. There are many, many, many other options that are available to you that are not ending your life. Before we get into that, if you have a minute and could do me a huge solid. It would mean the world to me if you would go to Apple Podcasts. The link is down there in the description and leave me a five-star review. What this does is it helps rank my show so that other people have more access to it and it'll put it out to more people. So sharing is the oxygen to this fire so that it can grow and It would be such a huge help if you would leave me a comment on YouTube. And if you're listening to the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. Okay, let's get back to the episode. What happens when we become overwhelmed is that our body and our brain go into fight or flight mode. In fight or flight mode, it's very hard to problem solve. Your creativity gets shut down. You can't focus on long-term things and your short-term safety, and here sometimes safety can mean just a release of pressure, is the most important thing to your little lizard brain. So you can see how if you're extremely overwhelmed and so hopeless that your immediate release of pressure, as in your life, Releasing that as an ending it becomes a viable option for you. Now, logically, we know that that is not the best option. But again, your logical processes get shut down when you're in fight or flight mode and your body thinks that you're in danger. So if you've stuck with me this long, give me a comment and tell me what you think about what I just said. Is suicidality just bad problem solving? Go ahead and subscribe to the channel and follow this podcast, if you will. Awesome. So back to suicidality and problem solving. I have a lot of clients who are suicidal. I find that it can be a generational coping strategy. For example, younger millennial and younger generations tend to have that as an out. And it is 
always an out. And here's why I say that. So the reason that I think suicidality is really just problem solving is this. If you are so overwhelmed and you don't know a way to fix the problem, it doesn't seem like it will ever get better. You feel hopeless. Systemic barriers exist and it just really feels like there's no way to get out of this. I think a very logical next step is to say, God, it would just be so much better not to feel anything. You know who feels nothing? People who are dead. Man, that would be super, super nice. I would like to feel nothing. And since dead people feel nothing, I would rather be dead than be here. So that tells me a number of things. One, it's not that you want to die. It's that you want to stop feeling pain. You want to stop feeling all of the emotions that you're feeling, which is different than wanting to die. Because I promise you, if I threw you into the ocean right now, you would swim. You would fight for your life. That's a little bit different than wanting to kill the life that you're currently living, which is 100% possible. And this is why suicidality is simply problem solving, but not in a very helpful manner. So if we can go with the notion that you're so overwhelmed, you're feeling too much, you would like to feel nothing, dead people don't feel anything, that sounds kind of attractive, I could be dead, then living and changing your life becomes a problem solving activity. So there are three steps that are simple, but not necessarily easy to killing the life that you have now and living the life that you want. And this is something I teach all the time. So there's a link in my bio for reducing 90% of your stress that will lead you into a program that I made for you to help reduce stress. Because if we're so overwhelmed, it becomes kind of hard to problem solve. So you might need to start with something like simply reducing your stress. Now, in order to problem solve, we have to, one, reduce our stress and our feelings of overwhelm. And we have to recognize that what we want isn't to die and be dead forever. It is to no longer live this life and to experience less overwhelming emotions. So if we can agree on those two things, stick with me a little bit longer here. Now, there are many, many, many people, you can find them online with a simple Google search of stories of people who attempted suicide and lived and realized that things get better. And they do, but they're going to take work. And so if you take the mentality that it never gets better and woe is me and I have no power and a victim mindset, then you're right. You're, you are going to stay where you are and you will continue to be miserable. And all of those thoughts are a lie. You have the power to change your life. You have the power to stop struggling with things that you cannot control. You have the power to work towards a future that you enjoy. It's going to take work because if you're in this space, I would imagine that a lot of the messaging that you've gotten isn't very helpful, which is why you're in this space. So we have to understand that it's gonna take work to get out of this space. We can't go 20 miles in the forest and walk five miles and come out. You're gonna have to do the work to get there. And I promise you the work 
to get to the other side, the work to help things get better, to help yourself get better is so much easier than struggling and hating every second of your life. The work is different, but it's better. On the other side of that work is freedom and joy, which sounds probably worlds away from what you're experiencing right now, but it's possible. So Google search for me, people who decided not to commit suicide or end their life and how things are going now. If you are privy to something called post-secret, sometimes he will post secrets like that. Um, If you are experiencing suicidality, which if you're listening to this podcast, perhaps you have or watching me on YouTube, I want you to know that it's very normal. It is so normal. And if people, I think, understood how normal it was, it would take some of the stigma away. So I've experienced it. All of my younger clients, so we're talking maybe like 30 and under, have experienced it. Again, as a problem-solving tool, your brain going, well, this is kind of overwhelming, and I don't really want to experience overwhelm anymore, so I would really rather just experience nothing, which I can see how that's attractive. It's just not the most helpful thought. It's kind of like saying, oh, I'm kind of hot at work and so I'm going to strip down into my birthday suit and work like that because they won't lower the air conditioning. It is a thought. It is a way to problem solve you being hot. I just don't really see that working out for you. So if you're team keep your clothes on at work, you can be team keep your life and just find another way to problem solve. drinking coffee here. Still with me. Okay, so when we get into problem solving, what we there's a couple skills that we have to do first. One of those skills is to understand that we want a long-term solution built into many, many short-term solutions. For example, if I want to run a marathon, first I should probably start with getting off the couch or working up to a mile and then two miles and then 10 and so forth and so on until you can run the 26. It is not realistic to say, I'm going to run a marathon tomorrow even though I've never trained for it. I've never hit my short-term goals. But it's gonna be very realistic that I can finish 26 miles. So this is not a sprint. Changing your life learning the skills that you need to learn in order to accept your situation, to change what you can, release what you can't, and create a life that you don't want to die from takes time. It doesn't take forever, but it does take some time. So the first thing that we need to know is that it's going to take some practice. You will not be good at problem solving in the beginning, why? You don't practice it. So just like if I picked up the piano, I'm not gonna be Mozart tomorrow, I'm gonna have to practice. So these are skills that are very, very, very practice and practical. Okay, I love when those two things come together. So the three things that we're going to be doing in order to start rewiring your brain to be better at problem solving 
Number one is we're going to start noticing neutral or positive things. So it can be very hard to jump from, I hate my life, everything is terrible, it'll never get better, to everything is great and everything is perfect and I have no problems. That is not what I'm asking you to do because that's not real. And if it's not real, it's not going to help you. So the more realistic thing to do is to start noticing neutral things or positive things. For example, if um, one of your thoughts is everything is horrible, it'll never get better. A more neutral way to say that is things are terrible now, but they may get better. You don't even have to think they'll get better. It's enough to be curious if they will. Another neutral thing to say is I have survived 100% of my worst days. That is a fact because you're still here listening to this podcast or watching me on YouTube. So you're still here, which means every single thing that you thought would break you, you're still breathing. That's important. And that's a neutral thing to say. Another neutral thing could be I have some good things in my life. I don't care if that thing is a plant or a band that you enjoy or the tree that you love behind your house or a person or a supportive family or the sun is shining today. Doesn't matter. Whatever it is, there are some good things. When we get into a space where it's so overwhelmed and we feel so hopeless, we really stop recognizing the neutral and the good thing. So this is a practice that we want to get into. And it's a practice that is going to train your brain to see more positive things. And the whole point of that is so that we start cultivating some hope. Because if you can cultivate some hope, things don't seem as bad. Now that's not to say you don't have problems in your life. If you are alive, you have problems. That comes with the territory. Learning to see solutions and learning to only focus on problems are two different skill sets. So right now you're very, very good at focusing on problems and not so good at focusing on solutions. So learning to see the neutral and positive things in your life, start getting your brain primed for saying, ah, maybe there's a better thing here, which is what we want. So number one is see the neutral and the positive and actively, and I mean actively because it's going to take some energy, pay attention to those things. So what this can look like is keeping a gratitude list. Maybe you only have one thing on that list and it's birds, right? I am constantly in awe of birds. It's such a weird little thing, but I fucking love little birds. I just love them. So when I write a gratitude list, usually little birds are on it. And the nice thing about that is they're everywhere. So if I can notice and enjoy little birds and they're kind of everywhere, then I find enjoyment throughout my day. So keeping a gratitude list is a lovely way to start seeing the positive. And if there is one thing on it, listen, that's a list. I'm proud of you for doing it. Hell yeah. 
Another way to start seeing the positive or the neutral is to simply make more factual statements. If you say, all I have is problems, that's not necessarily true. You may have 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. So more neutral or factual is a bitch ain't one. You could say, I have a lot of financial difficulties right now. It feels overwhelming. That is a true fact versus it is overwhelming or I'm overwhelmed. Another way to practice more positive statements or neutral is to hype up other people. If you aren't very good at hyping up yourself, which is a very, very common behavior in people who struggle with suicidality is that they really struggle to be their own cheerleader, perhaps you could cheerlead for other people. Do you have a family member or a coworker who's doing something they enjoy or perhaps had a really good day? We wanna hype them up now. Hey man, good for you. You closed that case or you got all of your stuff on your to-do list done. Like, I'm super proud of you. Heck yeah, dude, I'm proud of you. That feels good. So now we have a little bit more positive feelings, which is a good thing. So if you're not quite to hyping yourself up, and it's fine if you're not, hype up other people, even if it's small. Starting small is a brilliant way to start. And now we're at number two. So the first one, again, is to see the neutral or the positive and actively notice it. It is going to take work. It is worth the work. We want to rewire our brains to see more positive and neutral things versus depressing. So number two is to be real about the parts of your life that you hate. Now, if your response is, Amanda, I hate every part of my life, we need to go back to number one, where there are recognizing the positive and the neutral parts, because I would bet at least a dollar, which is really all that i ever bet for the most part, that there is at least one thing in your life that you either don't hate or actively enjoy. So we need to be very, very real about the parts of your life that you hate. Not that we can change all of them, but that we need to start recognizing the parts of our life that we want to die so that we don't kill ourselves and thus have no opportunity for our life to get better. So for example, you may hate your job. You may hate your partner or your family or where you live or the weather in your hometown or your the way your house is decorated or all of your clothing or that you have to take medicine or that you have a chronic illness. Now some of those things we can change some of those things we cannot change. When we start being very, very real about the parts of our life that we hate, we start being able to separate the parts of our life that we do like so we can be positive or neutral about those, which again, rewires your brain to focus on the positive and the neutral. And we can start changing the parts of our life that we hate that we have control over. If you hate all of your clothes, not that you could go out and get a new wardrobe overnight, 
But perhaps you can get rid of the pieces that you hate most and get clothing. Find someone who is a similar size to you or thrift shopped. Again, this is problem solving. Something that is more your style or is more comfortable or insert whatever adjective here for the reason that you hate those clothes and prefer a different style of clothing. If you hate the way your house is decorated, you may have control over that. You may not because you may not own your home or you may live with people who cover the majority of the finances. That is a thing that we can problem solve. How can you create a space that you do enjoy? Can you go thrift shopping again, especially if you don't have a ton of money? Can you buy a plant? If you hate plants, but you have plants all over your house, get rid of the plants. But if you love plants and you have no plants, perhaps you could get one. That's a great place to start. Once we start recognizing the parts of our life that we hate, and by contrast, we'll also, if we don't hate them, that means we must at least be neutral about them or enjoy them. We can start spending more time and the things of our life that we do like, or we can at least spend more attention there, and we can start decreasing the attention that we give to things that we hate. What this does is it rewires your brain, you guessed it, into finding more joy in your life. Even if joy seems very far away right now, at least it will be less hopeless, which that's a good place to start too. So the parts that we hate about our life, we want to learn to change. And again, we can't do that with everything. You can't control who your parents are. You can't control your finances. To a certain extent, you can. To a certain extent, you can't. Um, again, Figure out the parts you hate most. Work on changing what you can change realistically. And we're going to release everything else. So if you put your focus on what you can do, this does a number of things. One, it starts changing your life, which is good because you don't want your life to end. You want your life as you know it to end. And that's different. So if we can end your life as you know it, that means we have room to create a life that you do like, which is the whole goal, that you create a life that you enjoy. So we're gonna Marie Kondo the shit out of everything that does not bring you joy within your ability to control the things that don't bring you joy. So one, it starts creating a life that you enjoy. Another thing that it does is it pulls your attention away from focusing on how much you hate your life. Because I promise you, if you sit around all day thinking about how much you hate your life, a very real way to problem solve that is to no longer have a life. But that is not a good way to problem solve it. It is just a way to problem solve it. Another way is to start creating a life that you enjoy. Which brings us to number three. In order to create a life that you enjoy, in order to have the energy to do anything other than wallow in misery, which don't get me wrong, that takes a ton of energy too because you're constantly fighting your brain all day. 
you need to practice self-care. And you're like, Amanda, WTF is self-care? Is that wrapping myself in a blanket burrito? No, it's not. All the time. Sometimes, yes, your body needs to rest. Your body needs extra tenderness. And sometimes it's doing shit that you need to do. So if part of the reason that you're so overwhelmed and feeling so hopeless is financial stress, for example, and you are avoiding paying down debt because you feel ashamed that you have the debt or you're angry with yourself for accumulating it or you're not sure how you're going to be able to pay it down, then it becomes, you guessed it, a problem-solving activity. How can you address what is stressing you out? For example, let's say you have lots of debt and the debt seems so overwhelming and you'll never get out of it and it's totally hopeless. There are many, many ways to pay debt off. You could call whoever you owe money to and work out a payment plan. You could perhaps talk to a family member who could help you. You could budget your money a little better. There are a million ways to budget money online. You could find a way to make more money. Many people do this by making things or babysitting or starting a podcast. Hello. So once it becomes a problem-solving activity, that is also self-care. Taking care of your needs is self-care. Sometimes our needs are to be wrapped up in a blanket burrito, and sometimes our needs are addressing what is keeping us hopeless. If part of the reason you feel hopeless and overwhelmed is that you hate your job, there's a lot of ways to look for a new job. There's a lot of ways to find a way to be happier at work. You could focus on the neutral or the positives of your job, even if the only thing is, well, I have money to pay bills. Guess what? That's a positive. Or you like your coworkers, or the hours are really good. Listen, I have had terrible jobs, terrible jobs, who hasn't, where I really enjoyed my coworkers. They saved me at that job. That is a positive. So we can focus on something like that while also practicing self-care, setting boundaries around work, or looking for a new job which also goes back to number two, being very realistic about the parts that we hate, maybe it's your job, and working to change those things, maybe finding a new job or finding a way to make work better, any of those things. So self-care can be eating well. Guess what makes you feel like crap? Eating like crap. If what you're eating is sugary, packaged crap food, you are gonna have a much harder time feeling good. And there's many, many reasons for that. So to get into a little wormhole about nutrition really quick, about 90% of your neurotransmitters, the little things in your brain, the feel-good chemicals, they're made in your gut. So if you have an unhealthy gut, which is made from not moving, eating crappy food, eating a ton of sugar or a ton of carbs, um, eating industrial seed oils like canola oil, soybean oil, all those things. 
your gut is unhealthy, which means it doesn't have the tools it needs to do the work that it has to do to make all of those neurotransmitters so that you can even feel good. So you're already starting at a deficit because you're not eating the right foods to support your health. So eating real food is going to change your life. Now, not everyone has access to real, super, super healthy food. This is an example of really doing the best that you can within your means. So if you're on a fixed income, if you live in a food desert, you may have to get creative, which brings us back to the very beginning of this podcast, where if you are in fight or flight mode, you cannot be creative because if you're running from a bear, which is what your nervous system thinks it's doing, you're certainly not gonna be problem solving or painting a picture. You're not gonna run from a bear and be like, oh my God, what do I have to do later today? Oh, you know, I may make a to-do list like that. That's not real. You're going to be running from a bear and go, get away from this bear. I want to live, which means we can't problem solve. So we focus on one and two, which is seeing the positivity or neutral things and actively paying attention to them. That brings us out of fight or flight mode because you can't run from a bear and notice self-care is moving your body. So if your body is inflexible, if your body is chronically in pain, if you struggle to move daily, guess what your mind's going to do? It's going to become inflexible. It's going to rewire to be much more aware of those pain signals. And it's going to, it's going to become very, very stiff. So being stiff and thinking that there's only one solution to a problem like the only solution to you feeling overwhelmed is to be suicidal comes from a stiff mind and stiff body. So one of the ways that we can practice self-care is to just move more. Now you can take that as going out and doing CrossFit, or you can take it as sprinting, or you can take it as simply standing up more, walking more, going through range of motion exercises if you there are a million million of them on youtube so just google simple movement practice or morning movement routine obviously you don't have to do it in the morning you can do it at any time of day the more that your body moves because your body is your mind and your mind is your body. So the more supple and fluid your body is, the more supple and fluid your mind is going to be. Now, most of my best ideas, and there's a lot of them, come while I'm walking. That's not a coincidence. Many, many people who are creators find that movement helps them. The practice of movement, that was my cat if you guys heard it. The practice of movement Thank you, Kitty. Really helps your brain get moving too. So self-care can be nutrition. It can be movement. It can be addressing the things that are stressing you out. I think those are really good places to start. And I want to add one more, which is sleep. Now, if you're sleeping all the time because you're depressed and you feel like you have nothing else to do, then this one may not be for you. In that case, we want to get out of bed 
and move more or address the things that are stressing you out. <laughs> Thank you, Gat. So he just jumped on the desk if you're listening to the podcast. So sleep. If you are not sleeping, which is again very common because you're in fight or flight mode, if you're addressing these things, seeing the positive and the neutral, being real about the parts of your life that you would rather die, not that you want to die, but you want those parts of your life to die, and recreating a life that you enjoy, and practicing self-care, I would be willing to bet that your sleep is going to improve as well, which means now you have more energy to change your life. So those are the three things. See the positive and the neutral, and actively notice it. Be very real about the parts of your life that you hate and you have control over, and start changing them, and practice self-care. Now, if any of those things are confusing or you need more information or you feel like you need more clarification, drop me a comment below, send me an email, whatever works best for you, and I will do my best to help you. That is the whole point of this podcast and video is to give you tools to change your life. So you have the power here but maybe you don't have the tools, which is what this whole thing is about. Now, if you completely disagree with me, if you're like suicidality is the whole reason for it is an imbalance in the brain and only medication can change it, tell me that too, because I would love to hear that opinion. I don't agree with you, but I do love to hear where that's coming from. So again, reach out to me, drop me a comment, send me an email, tell me your thoughts. If any of these things helped you, please let me know. That's the whole purpose. Now again, you have to do them consistently and for a while because we cannot walk 20 miles into the woods and then come out again in five. We have to, you have to go the distance. Now it won't probably won't take you as long as it took to get where you are now but it does take consistent work. So simple things, see the positive and the neutral, be very real about the parts of your life that you hate and start working to change them and practice self-care. Now, if you need help reducing your stress before you can even think about doing these things, the link down below will give you my free guide for reducing 90% of your stress with one simple skill. It is brilliant if I say so myself, and if you have a minute, I would super appreciate if you would subscribe to the channel and follow the podcast and leave me a comment. Let me know where you're from. Let me know what you'd like to see and how I can help you. Okay, take care.